0: This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the very niche and kind of geeky details of modern warfare with me, Jake Hanrahan. Today we're speaking to John Jacoby. He's a researcher and writer focused entirely on radical environmentalism. Johnny's is going to be speaking about the underreported but new wave of eco-terrorism right now and how that's evolving into something that can only be described as militant nihilism. Specifically speaking about a group called Individuals Tending Towards Savagery or ITS, a militant eco-extremist group in South America and Europe. Apologies, the sound quality on this one is a little bit ratty, I'm not sure what happened but it's definitely listenable. If you like what we're doing at Popular Front's proper independent conflict journalism, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com slash popularfront. So, John, firstly, can you explain what is eco-terrorism? And we'll use eco-terrorism. I hate to use the word terrorism in any context, but, you know, for the sake of this podcast, let's say, what is eco-terrorism?
1: Eco-terrorism is... uh is sabotage done in the name of uh, in the name of protecting the environment, uh, or or sometimes it's not explicitly uh, uh, for environmental protection. Sometimes the targets aren't necessarily related to any particular kind of environmental destruction, but the terrorists might believe that uh, just the technological infrastructure overall needs to collapse uh, for the sake of the biosphere and. Uh, And natural human needs and so they'll just target tech companies in general things that are really crucial to the operating uh to the operation of the of the technological system overall like computer companies
0: right and i think when people think eco-terrorism uh initially they usually think ted kaczynski the unabomber um but there's more to it than that right maybe you can go into the history of uh, eco-terrorism a little bit for us
1: It, it really like blossomed in the in the 80s. It was going on for a while, you know, there was a little bit of it in the 60s, there was quite a bit of it in the 70s, but it just didn't have like a name or an overall movement or any sort of like coherent set of things. But it was fairly popular, especially in the West. There's this group called the Eco Raiders that uh, was inspired by a novel by Edward Abbey, who was a a conservationist at the time. And uh, they started sabotaging uh, developments in the West. Uh, and they were, they, were, they were high schoolers, they were, they were teenagers. I think the youngest one was 17 years old and the oldest one was 19. Um, and the lead of the group was something like 18 years old, known as the Fox. Uh, they were published in the New York Times uh, and uh, caused quite a bit of damage. After that, Edward Abbey wrote a book called The Monkey Ridge Gang, partially based off of these eco-raiders. Uh, and it inspired a whole generation of, of conservationists to uh, unite tactics from the 60s and some uh, components, some, some, some elements of, 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 of political sabotage into the, uh, into the cause of protecting the environment. And it was especially popular among conservationists in the West, so this group called Earth First uh, sprouted out in the '80s.
0: That was one of the biggest groups, right? Like Earth First was kind of the first—I uh, don't know how you would say—like militant group, basically, of you know eco militancy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, They—they're big. They're big. Uh, they big stunt. Uh, that kind of that kind of skyrocketed the membership was called the cracking of Glen Canyon Dam, where about seventy people stood at the bottom of the dam and uh, listened to Edward Abbey give a speech, uh, and as he was giving the speech, four people snuck up to the top of, of Glen Canyon Dam and rolled down a piece of plastic that was tapered at the end so that uh, from the distance it looked like the canyon had cracked. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and the FBI was quoted as saying that, uh, that they think this group is the harbinger of domestic terrorism, and it, it sort of was uh, since then. Uh, lots of, almost all the terror groups can be traced in some way, their roots can be traced in some way back to Earth First, uh, most of the time directly.
0: And what kind of attacks did Earth First carry out? Because, you know, I know about this, this sticker situation, but I know it was a lot more militant than that, right? It got a lot more nasty.
1: Yeah, at first it was just simple things like, uh, that they called monkey wrenching. Things like, uh, if you, if there was a force that they wanted to protect, uh, uh, like a piece of forest that was going to be logged and they wanted it to be a part of an already designated wilderness area. They would go in and they would, they would take uh, nails and spike them into the trees, called tree spiking, which would uh, which would prevent loggers from using chainsaws uh, safely. And so it would delay development for a long time, or people would sit in trees and, and, and things like that, uh, or they would build blockades. But later, uh, in the history of Earth First, um, people went on to do things like tear down power lines and uh, attack nuclear power plants and um, uh, things like that. And after the original group left, uh, two, two huge things happened in the history of Earth First. One, Ted Kaczynski, happened, uh, and he was fairly closely associated with... Uh, Earth First ideologically. Um, and then two, this one's more important for Earth First specifically, the, a group called the Earth Liberation Front popped up. This was huge in the 90s and, and they did things, they committed a series of arsons across the US uh, against biotech labs and uh, uh, animal farms and animal testing companies and, and blah, 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 blah.
0: Right, and they built explosives as well, didn't they, the ELF?
1: They did but they mostly favored. I think maybe there was one or two, but I, I think they actually favored. Um fire they favored arson and because arson was more destructive and much simpler and and harder to catch
0: maybe you can tell us how that kind of all came together because it seems like the perfect storm almost there was a build-up you had the earth first the monkey wrenching and then you had uh, you know ted and elf which was obviously a lot more militant
1: yeah well i mean it's not all related specifically to earth first really i mean that stuff was that stuff was uh building up in the popular consciousness for a pretty long time, like I said, from about the 70s. People were getting fed up, because you had all these environmental concerns, like huge environmental concerns, and pretty much nothing was addressing uh, the problem adequately uh, to the old guard greens. You know, we had, after Earth Day, there was this faction of environmentalism that most people are familiar with today, like the Ralph Nader kind. or like certain elements of Greenpeace or or, or things like that. Um, they uh, they they were mostly asking for clean air, clean water, clean energy, things like that. But the like original environmentalism was about, you know, biocentrism was about protecting wildlife and wild lands and and and, and, and the importance of nature to the human psyche and, and 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 body. Uh, and these things are largely incompatible with society as it operates today so people were getting kind of fed up in it and it so you know the storm happened but it happens sort of predictably uh, because you had this growing belief that the uh, the wild nature that wild nature was worth preserving and the growing tension between wild nature and the direction of our economy and society overall uh, so, the 90s sort of, yeah, I mean, the 90s sort of kicked it off. Plus, there's this layer of mainstream organization that was going on with uh, huge conservation organizations and environmental organizations, a lot of them going global. And so, of course, you're going to have uh, the radicals feel uh, they're going to have more power to do the things that they need to do. Um Yeah, so that's the reason. I do want to correct you on one point though. Ted Kaczynski was uh, much earlier than Earth First. He um, and the ELF. He was caught. Oh, he was caught. Yeah, yeah, but he he started operating from around seventy five.
0: Right. And do you think um, Kaczynski getting caught and what happened with the ELF? You know, that kind of brought an end to it for a while, right? Maybe you can explain that because I know the ELF were rounded up quite heavily.
1: Yeah, the ELF probably would not have been caught at all uh, had it not been for one guy named Jacob Ferguson, who was ironically probably the guy who did the first ELF bombing, um, bombing. firebombing. And uh, he was a drug addict, and the uh, FBI used that, and the fact that he had a daughter against him, um, and got him to snitch on almost the entire... uh, um, one of the largest ELF networks, uh, and these people who, in if you're just following historical precedent, precedent, would have gotten maybe five to ten years, ended up getting 20 years pretty much consistently, uh, and uh, they were caught en masse. So that, plus Ted Kaczynski getting caught and getting, I think, three consecutive life terms without parole, something like that, uh, caused what was called the Green Scare, where there was a drastic reduction in... Um, environmental terrorism that said if you read like the military reports the people who are like following these things like track uh who you might i think probably know about them
0: yeah although they they call anyone a terror group like if you've got a tumblr page you're a terror group on track you know
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like you know the west point journals things like that they say there hasn't actually been really a reduction just uh, it's people are less public about it and it's less united underneath like a single name like the ELF for example, the Earth Liberation Front.
0: Right um, so there was the green scare maybe before we get into what's happening now maybe you can explain something for me now I've read quite a lot of um, you know radical ecological um, text just because it's something I'm interested in with my work and to be honest you know it doesn't take a genius to realize that the kind of degradation of nature is bad for everybody um but maybe you can explain what is the difference between you know wild nature you keep saying wild nature that's something that's used a hell of a lot by ted kaczynski as well maybe you can explain that
1: so wild nature would be to put it most simply like uh, nature that's um unmanaged uh nature that uh or in a positive way that uh, you know conservationists will some say sometimes say that wild comes from uh that wild comes etymologically from uh, these words in German and Old English that means self-willed or or self-willed animal. Uh, So it's basically just nature that operates outside of the context of human and technological control. Uh, And people sometimes have problems with that kind of definition, like it's defined negatively and, and things like that, but it's kind of like how you would say secular means not religious.
0: Right, got you back in the day when it was happening before um there seems to be you know there was there was no specific um dominance would you say politically almost like um i don't know no agreement on whether it's left wing or right wing
1: yeah i don't think so i'd say that uh it's kind of a new thing which is part of the reason why it's hard and so you know you have like communist groups for a long time have tried to tack on uh, their, like their, their program of communism onto various social issues because it, it gives them a, 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 base of, a base of power. You know, if people are organized around gay rights and you get people to uh, say, you know, we want gay communism, then you have, you, have, you know, communism has now subsumed that social movement. Um, it's a way of, of accumulating power. Uh, and they've done the same thing with environmentalism. Uh, the fascists are doing, trying to do a similar thing, um, especially these like third wave fascists over in Europe. Um, it's just how politics like generally works. But uh, green politics kind of stands on its own. Um, and originally, like the Earth First people, like uh, like Edward Abbey people like Ted Kaczynski, they're not, they're certainly not leftists and have a lot of, you know, antipathy towards leftist politics. Uh, I think that that part is accented specifically because there's more trouble with that, because mm-hmm. the left has tried to be so, uh, you know, has tried to intrude itself so much into green politics. But really, a lot of them have a sort of like libertarian, like desert, desert anarchist kind of uh uh, feel to them where it's not it, it might be having antipathy towards leftism but that doesn't automatically make it right it's more like just the government is trash all of society is trash we just want to live our lives with autonomy and our small groups away from all this shit
0: Right, absolutely. And that brings us, I think, to the point where green politics and so-called eco-terrorism is at now. Now, you know, you said there was the green scare and it all kind of went quiet in terms of, you know, promoting what these groups are doing. But now I've certainly seen in the last year or two a return to a very weird kind of mix now of nihilism, eco-terrorism, anarchism, all this kind of thing. We've got ITS, these groups that we'll talk about. Um, But maybe you can explain where is eco-terrorism now? And would you agree that it's kind of seeing a new resurgence, at least in these kind of niche online communities?
1: Definitely online. Uh, I think Ted Kaczynski has entered the popular consciousness uh, again with a lot of force. uh, And his ideas even originally spoke to a ton of people. Uh, I wrote an article about it in Dark Mountain called Ted Kaczynski and Why It Matters. And I explain how the, uh, the You know, whenever the guy was caught, uh, a criminologist he was quoted as saying, I've never seen the likes of this. Millions of people seem to sympathize with him. Uh, you know, there were there were fan groups that popped up all over the internet. A similar kind of thing is happening now, uh, especially after that Netflix series and, uh, and and some online articles. So Ted Kaczynski's entered the popular consciousness. Ecoterrorism itself... Is getting bolder. Like I said, I don't think it ever died down as much as people want to say it did. Uh, but it's 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 getting more public and more consolidated and more fierce. Uh, uh, ITS in particular, I think, probably won't go much further than um, it has in Mexico and Europe but they've surprised everybody before so who knows
0: let's talk about ITS you know these are one of the main groups right now kind of coming under this banner of what I would call new wave eco-terrorism or whatever who are ITS and what are they up to
1: I mean ITS was a group that started in the in around 2011 uh and uh they they've changed a lot since then whenever they first came out they were very much inspired by Ted Kaczynski and uh, some of the original anarcho-primitivist thinkers, uh, people like John Zerzan, who were popular in the 90s, uh, and, and kind of are again tied to Earth First. So they popped out of that. Their communiques sounded a lot like Ted Kaczynski. Um, at the time, Ted Kaczynski had some people in Spain who were s- translating his works. Um, they finished the Spanish translation pretty much right around the time that ITS Onto the scene.
0: And they, they started in Mexico, ITS, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, and their, their language mimicked both uh, Ted Kaczynski's style with all the heavy footnotes and the academic blah, blah, blah. Uh, but also, their, their language mimicked the. In the back of that Spanish translation, there was an essay by the translator, uh, a guy in Spain who is known as Ultimo Reducto. And the essay is called Izquierdismo, which means leftism. And UR uses a very specific kind of language. He was trying to be very exact, very kind of scientific with uh, the way that he was talking about these issues. And a lot of the same kind of words that uh, UR would use, like dominadora, like domination, allegados, which means like small group. These things would pop up in the ITS communiques, and so while they didn't explicitly say, hey, we're inspired by these people, and they would later reveal that this is because they didn't want to get them in trouble, um, uh, they also later revealed, yes, we were inspired by them and uh, and, and uh, so you know they're directly they are direct lineage from Ted Kaczynski, but they changed later on.
0: Well, and, and they carried out some pretty serious attacks, right? I mean ITS uh, what you know like a militant eco, TerraCell at the start in mexico but they became something else but at the start they were they were what blowing up um i think nanotech scientists they shot some hikers
1: or something yeah the hikers were much later on whenever they get a little bit more fuzzy and uh uh more of a nihilist group than than anything but at first they were attacking uh nanotech scientists uh biotech labs uh, universities uh, telmex towers communications uh, networks things like that and and they were pretty successful and as far as i know none of them have been caught
0: so what i found really interesting about its was you know, like you said, they were inspired by Ted Kaczynski, but then Kaczynski, the Unabomber had this, uh, exchange with them, or at least there was letters passed back and forth. I saw them published online where Kaczynski kind of, I think he said they're idiots and they
1: said they, you know, he's an idiot or whatever. What was that about? Kaczynski didn't talk to them directly or anything like that. He wouldn't be able to, uh, He's actually very, uh, very explicit about not really even wanting to talk about them to anybody writing him letters in prison. But, uh, he has issued a few statements, like on my website I talk, uh, I quote one of them where he says that ITS uh, has two main problems. One, they spread a message of hopelessness. They say that a revolution against uh, world technological society is impossible, so they're just attacking as terrorists because they, they want revenge or because uh, they're going to do what they can. Um, and Ted's like, this is not the right solution. Like if you're going to do anything, you want to be effective. And so you're going to have to organize politically. Uh, and that relates to a second problem with ITS where he says that, uh, they have no political prowess, uh, and they don't really, uh, they are very much a criminal group. They are very much a, uh, they're, they're trying to attract a certain psychology for sure. Uh, they're bombastic. They make, you know, they use Spanish slang words that are the equivalent of, like, the N-word or, or faggot in English, um, explicitly, to, uh, explicitly to just be provocative and t- to distance themselves from social activists uh, and to attract a sort of, like, criminal type. Uh, and they eschew any sort of, like, large-scale political organization, which Kaczynski believes is absolutely necessary. Uh, he thinks that it, you know, and I agree with him, that violence is kind of the less important question at the moment. At the moment, we want to uh, prepare politically for responding to uh, things like you know, economic disruptions. If there's a war, if there's a natural disaster, then whoever's organized up until that point will have an opportunity to actually respond to the issue powerfully. Uh, and they're more interested in causing immediate damage as individuals, and they're very explicit about that.
0: Sure. How did um, ITS become this what I describe now as anarcho-nihilist group because I remember when I first started reading about them they were you know eco-terrorists and ITS what does it mean like tending towards the wild or something their name and they were all about saving you know earth and whatever and blow up scientists and then they took this kind of this kind of turn where they started saying in their communiques like no we don't care about anything like we're the mafia we want to kill people we laugh when we kill innocent civilians how did that happen because I'm seeing that in a in a quite a few different circles of what were anarcho primitivists or whatever now turning to this kind of weird nihilist mix.
1: I do get what you mean, and I think it's personally pretty odd. Uh uh it, but there's two thoughts about this. One, I think some of it might be instrumental. Like I, I think that people might be using the language to have a certain effect, uh and like I said, uh, using you know, provocative language to distance yourself from, uh, social activists and leftists, you know, that it works, uh, for sure. Uh, and, uh, I think it also might be attracting the kind of psychology that these groups want to have to achieve the specific goals that they want to, because some of the people that I talk to don't explicitly disagree with Kaczynski's ideas. They just don't see how they can be put into practice at the moment. And they think they, you know, um, So these people might think, for example, that at least a component of it needs to look similar to uh, like what ITS is. And uh, the reasoning here is that, yeah, you might, with this sort of strategy, attract people who aren't really that interested in issues of environmentalism or things like that. You'll attract a lot of kooks, but also you'll have people who are pretty much absolutely willing to do anything that needs to be done. Uh, to attack the technological system. Uh, And it's it's believed by some of these people that it's important to have that kind of group organized and on reserve. Uh, And uh, that makes the most sense to me. On the other hand, there are people who uh, tend to be kind of true believers in the whole thing um, and say, uh, you know, this situation really is utterly hopeless and... um, that, you know, the whole human race is irredeemable and uh, uh, I can, I mean, a lot of people do hold these views uh, without going to the, you know, actionable extremes that ITF does. So it's not completely surprising. Extinctionism has been a uh, a part of environmentalism for a very long time.
0: That That's a good word to use for them, right? They're like extinctionists. They basically hate every fucking thing around they just want to destroy everything right it's not destroy society to save nature it's just nuclear attack bomb everything right
1: Uh, i'd say that the most dominant part of its definitely is that now there are like it's it's always been kind of fragmented and there are some communiques from certain groups that claim the name and also explicitly say we don't want to see the destruction of the human race, we just want to see a destruction of the technological system but they're few and far between at this point I think mostly the ITS brand is associated itself largely with the sort of nihilism and extinctionism Uh, but the groups differ they, they care more about whether or not uh, everybody agrees on on being able to commit terrorist acts against technological society and, and or the human race than whether or not people believe the same thing.
0: And their, their attacks are spreading, right? They started off in Mexico. There have been a few very small attacks in europe i mean the ones i've documented are mostly just like fucking fireworks in a tube you know um but the one in chile recently they blew up a bus stop and that was quite a big deal it was on the news and everything
1: yeah no they've spread they've definitely gone international they're in uh, greece they're in uh, there are some groups in rome that have allied themselves with it uh and uh, they're all over south america They've grown much further than I ever expected them to. I followed them from around the time they were beginning. Uh, and I didn't really expect them to go very far. Uh, but they have they have spread, for sure.
0: And why do you think that is? Why is this hopeless but destructive nihilist kind of uh, militant attitude spreading to these groups? Because I know a lot of these groups that are now ITS-aligned, a long-time anarchist, for example. I heard that... You know, CCF, the uh, Conspiracy of Cells Fire in Greece, are kind of falling into that anarcho nihilism camp now as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's yeah. I was just about to say that uh, a lot of these groups who are claiming this this moniker are this uh, this this brand of ITS now. It's like they didn't just pop out of nowhere. These are a lot of them are like they're using older infrastructure, like groups from uh, an anarchist terror group in, in Europe like, that you mentioned, CCF, Conspiracy Cells of Fire, some of them seem to have, you know, and it, it, it's, it, the communiques kind of indicate that some of the people have uh, adopted the ITS brand and left the Conspiracy Cells of Fire brand, um, and they, uh, yeah, and so it's spreading, but it's not like it's necessarily... It, 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 what, it, what it's doing is it's attracting other groups to adopt the brand, which, I mean, it honestly, is kind of what Al-Qaeda did whenever Al-Qaeda started. Uh, Al-Qaeda, the word means the base, and there were different uh, Islamic nationalist uh, terror groups in, in different regions, and, and part of the work of Bin Laden in the original Al-Qaeda group was to get people to adopt the brand uh, to create an Al-Qaeda network. And so he would go into... These different fronts, um, and try to get them to uh, to to claim the initial I mean claim the name of Al Qaeda in exchange for you know uh, you know an easy way to communicate with other groups and organize with other groups, somewhat of you know some funding, uh, things like that. And it had, that strategy worked. And there's indications that uh, ITS has followed the strategy a little bit, taken some inspiration from the jihadis. They've kind of quoted them a little bit. They, they read their magazines. it's uh, They quote the magazines in their own online magazines. And uh, one of their uh, strategic inspirations is this text that was used by Islamists uh, called The Management of Savagery. Oh, uh, which, yeah, which, yeah well, I think you, you might have even talked about this before on your podcast. Yeah, just this idea that uh, you... Uh, you wreak a lot of havoc in a place uh, uh, to destroy the the basis of power that's there, and then you come in with your own shit, and uh, and you know you can kind of do what you want whenever it's in so much disarray.
0: Right, but I think it's we should point out as well, like other than kind of weirdos like myself, not many people are even paying attention to their attacks. They're normally so small they go completely unnoticed. Like there's there's evidence that they actually put a pipe bomb on a statue in scotland and you know that was last year and no one gave a shit nobody even noticed that was it you know it was kind of over um but they are they are certainly kind of causing a havoc within this eco you know green politics world
1: yeah uh yeah a lot of the problem there's two they're causing havoc in the green politics world just uh, just in terms of rhetoric uh a lot of that is just spectacle um what they're trying to do right now uh, is uh because uh, I mean, Al Qaeda didn't. People didn't pay attention to a lot of their attacks at first either. Uh, and then they got big enough to 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 do something like 9/11. Uh, and but what they did, the the how they got there was uh, attracting people of a certain psychology for uh, a long, long time uh, with certain rhetoric and through small actions like random bombs that didn't get a lot of media attention but made people feel powerful. Uh, and it sort of fed the whole psychology of the network and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. And then you, out on the other end, you have a pretty powerful group that feels very emboldened. And so the strategy works. They're just in their preliminary stages.
0: Right. And f- for me, like I was trying to work out where this IT- ITS ideology kind of came from. And I read Desert. Um, and then I was reading about Atarsa. Um Maybe you can explain what that is, because I know that that's kind of... I guess, the starter manual for this kind of anarcho-nihilist ideology.
1: Yeah. Uh, Atasa, Atasa was a group... Uh, Atasa was created by some publishers. Uh, uh, it was published by this group, by this anarchist publishing house called Little Black Cart, uh, and it was mostly um, texts that were written by ITS during their uh, fairly early phases Uh uh, and translating them into English for a Spanish-speaking audience, along with some essays by me and some other people, uh, giving context for how the group arose, where they came from, who their influences were. Uh, the the text caused a lot of controversy in anarchist scenes. It actually has gotten Little Black Cart banned from certain anarchist book fairs because... Uh, because ITS is just such a controversial group that some some anarchists don't believe they should be given any sort of light at all.
0: How very anarchist of them!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's what LVC says. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the, the it, it, I think it's got two issues out so far. I don't know if there's going to be a third one that comes out. Uh, uh, yeah, and it was kind of successful in spreading the the idea that. Uh, that one, Ted Kaczynski is still relevant. Um, two, uh, uh, ecoterrorism is still relevant. Three, like all terrorism, not just ecoterrorism, um, violent resistance is taking on a really odd, weird turn. There's there's this weird mix in, in all social, the, all radical, like the really radical factions of um, all social movements that just is sort of m- mixing these weird strands of you know, religious, they don't really seem to care so much about ideology, they're just united on their, their resistance to what exists, and that's what I find most interesting about ITS, which is that, uh, I don't really give a shit about a lot of the rhetoric that they spit out, I think a lot of what they say is theoretically nonsensical, but it doesn't matter, uh, because, uh, they, they don't even really care about it that much, it seems, It seems like uh, they they repeat over and over that the point is to attack. Uh, And that seems to be more relevant to where resistance is going. You have people who are consistently realizing that whatever they call it, capitalism, globalism, industrial society, blah, blah, you know, whatever. And whatever they want, you know, uh, maybe they want communism, maybe they want agrarian socialism, maybe they want some anarcho commune, None of it can happen. Unless their enemy, which is all the same, whatever they call it, their enemy, uh, is destroyed. Unless the current system, uh, starts declining and collapsing, at least in some regions, to build out space for the alternatives. So, you see these groups sort of not caring so much about ideology anymore and uniting themselves in their resistance to, uh, to the society that exists. And that's what's really interesting to me about ITS.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think um, I've, I really noticed that kind of mixing of weird ideologies, like you said, because I saw that ITS were, you know, publishing and kind of promoting information from a fascist group called Temple of Blood. Now, I've, I've done a lot of work on Atomwaffen Division, this militant neo-Nazi group, and they're linked with Temple of Blood, which it's like anarchist, nihilist, Uh, esoteric Hitlerist occultist like the most weirdest shit you can imagine all kind of mixed in and then I saw ATS promoting them and I was like well fuck ain't that a weird situation to be in and I think um, maybe we should talk about that. What's the situation now with, uh? you know, I'm seeing a lot of green fascist groups kind of popping up. Admittedly, most of them just pop up on the internet, but there are definitely some that are kind of, you know, definitely starting to organise, you know, militant fascist groups that are using environmentalism as, uh, as one of their key things. And unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot of, like, kind of lazy journalists just go right any you know green activism now is probably involved with fascism which isn't true but they are there yeah
1: uh yeah i mean like i said green stands on its own uh and uh, and so it's going to be uh, it's going to mix with right or left um and and esoteric stuff and and all the stuff that's kind of traditionally been considered a political or non-political uh or just otherwise outside of the conventional political spectrum. Um, uh, so, you're going to see green fascists just like you're going to see green communists.
0: Do you think it's kind of like a trend, you know, a little bit of a trend? Not green politics, of course, but this kind of re-emergence of eco-militancy.
1: Uh, there's a little bit of a fad to it, yeah. The thing is, is like, green issues are so popular and uh, not being dealt with po- uh, very well by the dominant society. Uh, so... So it's easy for radical groups to mobilize around that issue because it's a constant point of tension with the current order, and uh, they're popular sentiments. So it's easy to get people to like you know enter into whatever ideology you happen to want them to enter into uh, through uh, you know environmental issues. Uh, Uh, The FBI listed as the top domestic terrorism threat in the U.S. Really? Yeah. Now? Yeah, even now.
0: Wow, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Uh, And uh, a lot of the military um, uh, terrorism publications will talk about how the next, you know, there's this article that said the next wave of terrorism will be green or extremism or something like that. People know, like military analysts know that uh, environmentalism is going to be sort of the nexus on which a lot of the uh, violent ideological terrain will happen in the coming years.
0: So you think it's going to be really dangerous, like this is going to be a real threat?
1: Uh, Yeah, totally, 100%. And I think, I think, again, it's not just the thing about it is that it'll infiltrate everything. It won't just be a just green thing. You know, it'll be uh, the green part of, everything of all the ideologies is going to consistently bring them to more and more radical conclusions because that part is not being dealt with and that part is getting in the way, again, of all these, all these ideas because people don't have autonomy under the technological system. They, they need it to decay and the only alternative to the technological system would be more natural setting, whether it's agrarian or wild nature or whatever. Uh, so the green component is just going to bring people into conflict more and more. Uh, And if it doesn't get dealt with adequately, then that resistance will get more violent. And it is. It's happening right now. And it's happening in groups that, you know, are very different from each other and include fascists.
0: Yeah, yeah. Certainly, I think I've noticed that the ideas within kind of radical ecological ideology are starting to become... Almost organically more mainstream. For example, I read, uh, you know, the the Ted Kaczynski manifesto years ago as a teenager. I didn't really think anything of it, and then I read it again, and then I read his other book, Technological Slavery, last year. Uh, not that I agree with him, I think what he did was was kind of mad. <laughs> but you know, obviously, but you read it, and I gave it to my friend, and he said the same thing. There are bits in it where you're like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, like we're fucked. Like we we're, we're actually getting eaten alive out here." You know, people have got twelve hours of their head in their phone. Everybody's mind is warped because of some fucking social media. Now, even on that basic level, I think it's clear there's a problem. You know, and that's not hard to. To become a parent in a society anywhere i think that's why a lot of young people are drawn to it as well they're feeling this despair you know doomer it's kind of a meme oh you're a doomer but you know it's out there
1: yeah yeah ted kaczynski's uh ideas uh, uh i mean weren't new but they sort of summarized kind of like pretty much popular american sentiment most people do have a sort of uh a sort of resistance to this technological change and, uh, and do feel pretty frustrated about the fact that the government and corporations control pretty much every aspect of their life. Uh, and Kaczynski kind of showed how those two things are related. and he gave he wrote in pretty simplistic terms, uh, but with a lot of strong academic backing, uh, the, the reasons why all those problems, if you take them to their logical conclusion, bring you to a revolution. In his opinion. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, I mean, a lot of these kids, surely ITS, like they said, they don't believe they're going to have this revolution.
1: Yeah, ITS doesn't. Um, I think they might be talking past each other because I think uh, some groups in ITS do want to see the decay of technological infrastructure. They just don't necessarily believe that it will be a, a worldwide technological revolution. Um, which I think not even Ted Kaczynski necessarily believes in, um, uh, not not in the sense not in not in the sense that you initially think when you hear the phrase worldwide technological revolution. So I don't I don't know. There's people who are more you know more sympathetic to the revolutionary thing and less sympathetic. Uh, but certainly the branding mm. um, is is explicitly we should act now. Because again, the main emphasis is creating a group of people who are willing to just do anything. Sure.
0: Um, and other than ITS, are there any other militant uh, ecological groups out there that you think are worth you know, researchers keeping an, an eye on?
1: No, I think most. I think most of the groups that the government is trying to keep track. I think the government is not so much tracking the explicitly radical groups, more the mainstream groups, because they believe that uh, they want to catch people before they're radicalized. Essentially, so they're trying to keep tabs on things like Greenpeace and Earth First and uh, certain wilderness conservation organizations, because they know that young people are easily radicalized and that it starts largely in those kinds of organizations.
0: Right, and I think it's worth saying like these uh, hardline radical ecological militant groups absolutely laugh in the face of groups like greenpeace right and i mean i can kind of understand you know you see these campaigns of like oh let's let's stop having plastic straws and everybody celebrates like it's way too late to save the environment now you know what i mean um so so that's true right they don't they don't equate themselves with any of these groups like you know like they say in dark mountain the guys that started that kind of realized they weren't really doing anything right uh
1: yeah exactly uh, they they just believe that uh, things like like for example clean energy it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Whenever you're saying that the actual structure of society is uh, is contrary to the biosphere and natural human needs, then that means things like like roads and dams and server farms. And so if you're saying we want clean energy, you know we want to get off of coal and get onto you know solar panels, that. Only makes sense with a really sort of mainstream capitalist kind of environmentalism because how where do the how do you make solar panels they, cut, they with mines and transportation systems and those are the main causes of the environmental crisis so it, the critique does not go very deep whenever you get into these mainstream groups uh, it, it doesn't go very deep at all it's largely just trying to patch problems on the the overall system so you know in terms of like. Uh, facts and theory, uh, logically, the radical greens are much more correct on this issue.
0: Yeah, like I've read into that clean energy, and, and to me, it's like, well, that will work for like rich white people in LA who are a bit guilty that they throw so much rubbish out every week. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like a realistic idea that will save anything. You know, I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like it's kind of too late, which I think uh, that makes me sound like ITS. <laughs> Definitely not.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's why the nihilism part isn't that surprising uh probably more more green groups are going to tend a little bit more towards nihilism and maybe not in the sense of hopelessness uh uh overall like not not necessarily hopelessness that nothing can be done because obviously its is hopeful at least to the point that they think that there's something they can do uh uh maybe not to change the issue but at least to you know to do something that's worth doing um but nihilism in the sense that's uh that they're not trying to fix anything that it's a rejection of civilization as it exists uh completely wholesale there's no fixing it
0: yeah which is really scary because anything and everyone can be a target
1: it is scary um it's why i think i agree more with uh people like kaczynski than than its because uh, like for you know kaczynski will point out that Uh, Yeah, even if you can, you know, logically say that a rejection of civilization wholesale, um, uh, you know, if you had a magic button and you made all of civilization collapse, uh, that a lot of people would die. He's like, yeah, but you're not going to have a magic button. And whenever in these coming years, you're going to see, you know, a sort of uneven decay of civilized institutions and in places where they're most weak. You do have actual political opportunities for for action, for like seizing that territory, for making actual headway, for uh, actually, you know, maybe large-scale transformation in technological infrastructure uh, in in that region, um, and that seems to be a lot more exacting and politically promising and more effective for the actual issues. Uh, that said. Uh, you know, ITS has motivated a lot of people. And again, uh, whenever it comes down to it, uh, if there's turmoil, it's people who are of the mind of ITS. They might not cause all the destruction they, like, you know, you know put in their rhetoric. But because that's where they're leading people psychologically, uh, then, then the outcome, the effect during those times will be uh, probably people a little bit more loose with their ability to uh, whatever cause blackouts or whatever they want to do
0: where are its learning to make their bombs i saw some of the images some of them are a joke you know but uh, some of them do look quite complicated what do you think
1: uh they get some of their inspirations from inspire which is an online magazine by the jihadis
0: yeah a taliban magazine right al-qaeda rather
1: yeah um and uh, there's also a lot of texts from the early radical environmental movement like the elf put out this pamphlet called how to start fires with electrical timers um and so they do that a little bit and then it seems like they've just picked up uh through the internet um random information about how to make things like pipe bombs which actually aren't that hard to make Uh, from everything that I've read.
0: I think it would be interesting if you could tell us a little bit about your work and where people can get hold of you if they want to.
1: I I, I work on this website called The Wild Will Project. Uh, I've put up a complete online archive of all the writings of Ted Kaczynski. Uh, I talk a little bit about his feelings about ITS, for example. Um, uh, I quote him. Um, I've reviewed his books. Uh, I've done a lot of my own work. Uh, I published this magazine whenever I was at university um, that kind of uh, put together some of the concepts from Ted's associates in Spain along with my own ideas and just kind of articulating the, the problems with technological society and, 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 and why it's incompatible with nature and natural human needs, wild nature and natural human needs. Uh, I write a lot about the political idea of rewilding um, both rewilding the land and, uh, rewilding in in the terms of like, uh, political response to, um, to industry and the way that we organize our societies. Uh, and I talk a little bit about the opportunities for, for how to bring that about in the U.S. Um, and on the small scale and on the large scale.
0: But without bombs.
1: Yeah, without bombs. Uh, like Kaczynski, I talk I, I uh, I'm more along his lines where I'm saying that um, a lot of this will involve political prowess and organization uh, and violence is certainly something we need to have a discussion about and and not condemn for just because it's violence but uh, but that is not the most important question or even the most important thing to do uh, so yeah if you go to www.wildwill.net <laughs> uh I'll talk about why I'm all anti-technology and stuff.
0: Thanks very much, John. That was really interesting. And I know no one else could have come on and spoken about this for so long. Definitely not. It's so niche. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's pretty,
0: pretty niche. All right, man. Have a good night. Thank you very much. Yeah, you too. Thank you. So that was John Jacoby speaking about the new wave of eco-terrorism and how it's turning often into militant anarcho-nihilism. Uh, in the case of ITS, like we just spoke about. If you like what we're doing here at Popular Front, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com slash popularfront. There's all sorts of extras there you can get for your money. Um, bonus episodes. The bonus episodes are so frequent now that it's basically another podcast. It's like Popular Front 2, if you like. Uh, the bonus episodes are a little different as well. You have to go and check them out. Patreon.com slash front. Also, please do subscribe to us on YouTube. We've got a new documentary coming out very soon. The trailer is up at youtube.com slash popular front. I went to spend some time with a underground anarchist group in Ukraine. They're extremely violent considering they're pretty unknown. Um, So yeah, go and check that out. This episode was sponsored by the defensepost.com defense with an S. Check them out for all your daily uh, updates on world conflict, that sort of thing. The episode was also sponsored by Atlas News on Instagram. Check them out, instagram.com slash atlas.news. I think they're still shadow banned because of the ridiculous censorship that all Zuckerberg's companies seem to put on their users. So yeah, you have to go directly to them, um, instagram.com slash atlas.news. If you want to keep up to date with Popular Front, follow me on twitter twitter.com slash jake underscore hanrahan h uh, a n a h a n or you can follow the popular front twitter popular front co on instagram we're instagram.com slash popular dot front and like i said before youtube uh, youtube.com slash popular front subscribe hit the bell all of that um, just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone who participated in the little Twitter campaign this week helping Calibre Obscura uh, get unsuspended, he was suspended for absolutely no reason on Twitter, Calibre Obscura if you don't know check it out, calibreobscura.com He's, I would say, an essential resource for researchers and journalists trying to identify weapons used by militants all over the world. He's a really good lad, and he was suspended for no reason. Um, on the Popular Front Discord, we kind of assembled a little campaign, and it worked within less than 24 hours. Uh, his, uh, his account was reinstated, so thanks very much. Thank you very much to the following people. Um, without you, this wouldn't be possible at all. They are Adam berg Schneider axel iverson anthony Kabarek, chad walker dan dunham daniel shearer darby diana govaneck emily molly fletcher tate james from the discord joanne stocker joel tambusi joshua Yabott, lawrence abrahams lh margaret bowling michael euler patrick bronte Peter McCormack from the What Bitcoin Did podcast, definitely check that out. Russia Al-Akidi, Ryan Sandercock, Ska Toon, Scott Jonesy, Sean Fowler, Sebastian from the Discord, Surushe Hawazi, Teddy, Tom Lochrin, Tony Bin, Vida Provost and Zachary Hinch. Thank you very much. Like I said, without you lot, this definitely wouldn't be possible. Uh, Popular Front is definitely growing. People seem to be really into it, which I'm very thankful for. Again, if you want to support, go to patreon.com slash popularfront. Even $1 a month helps. We have over 200,000 people uh, listening to this podcast now. So, you know, everything helps. Um, definitely do consider supporting if you like what we're doing and you want extras music in this episode the intro was by home and the outro was by my mate son of old check his soundcloud out that's soundcloud.com slash son dash of dash old
2: And I'm walking to the right, and I am not live without you. I